the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Today on Ring of Truth with Pastor Dan Sexton. You know, if somebody has done you wrong, and has done you wrong multiple times, you might be polite to them, but you're going to be guarded with them. And you're going to be careful with them. But with God, He treats us as if we've never done anything wrong. Just as if we've never sinned. And when we get to heaven, He's going to say to us, Well done, good and faithful servant. But we haven't done well. And we haven't been good. And we haven't been faithful. We're justified by the blood of Jesus Christ. Fool me once, shame on you. Fool me twice, shame on me. You've probably heard that phrase before. It's the practical thing to do to make sure you don't get burned by the same person multiple times. You've got to look out for yourself and do what you got to do to take care of yourself, right? Today, Pastor Dan shows us that God doesn't operate that way. His mercies are new every morning. Because of Jesus, we can come to God just as if we have never sinned before. He doesn't hold your sin against you. Now here's Pastor Dan in the book of Isaiah chapter 42 with today's edition of Ring of Truth. Aren't you grateful that Jesus is the tent peg of your life and that he holds everything together in your life and everything is secure and firm in him? Where would we be without him? Without our tent peg. Jesus is also the battle bow, the warrior who fights our battles for us. Isaiah 42 verse 13, the Lord will go forth like a warrior He will arouse his zeal like a man of war. He will utter a shout. Yes, he will raise a war cry. He will prevail against his enemies. Speaking of Jesus. When Jesus came the first time, he came to offer himself as a sacrifice and to die for our sins on the cross. When he comes again, he will come as a conquering king. And he will rule over all of the earth. The governments of this world will be put upon his shoulder. Revelation chapter 19 describes the return of Jesus Christ. Just listen to what it says. Now I saw heaven opened and behold a white horse. And he who sat on him was called faithful and true. And in righteousness he judges and makes war. His eyes were like a flame of fire. And on his head were many crowns. He had a name that no one knew except himself He was clothed with a robe dipped in blood, and his name is called the Word of God. And the armies in heaven, clothed in fine linen, white and clean, followed him on white horses. Now out of his mouth goes a sharp sword, that with it he should strike the nations, and he himself will rule them with a rod of iron. 
He himself treads the winepress of the fierceness and wrath of Almighty God, and he has on his robe and on his thigh a name written, King of Kings and Lord of Lords. He's the warrior. He's the battle bow. When Jesus returns, he will also be the ruler over every ruler, just as we read, that I read to you in Revelation. He's the King of Kings. He's the Lord over all lords. At the name of Jesus Christ, every knee will bow and every tongue will confess him as Lord. Look at verse 5. They shall be like mighty men who tread down their enemies in the mire of the streets and the battle. They shall fight because the Lord is with them. And the riders on horses shall be put to shame. I, I love that. They shall fight because the Lord is with them. I will strengthen the house of Judah. And I will save the house of Joseph. Now, the house of Joseph is a reference to the northern kingdom. And remember, the the kingdoms of Israel, they split into two kingdoms. After the death of King Solomon, there was a civil war. And the nation split into two kingdoms, the northern kingdom and the southern kingdom. The northern kingdom was taken into captivity by Assyria in 722 B.C., And then the southern kingdom was taken into captivity in Babylon in 586 B.C. But here he says that God will strengthen both the northern and the southern kingdom. He will bring them back and unify them into one kingdom. You know, God has lost none of the tribes of Israel. Sometimes you hear people talk about the lost tribes of Israel. There are no lost tribes of Israel. God knows where everyone is. He knows who belongs to which tribe. Now, there's a great promise in Ezekiel chapter 37. It says in Ezekiel 37, surely, this is God speaking, I will take the children of Israel from among the nations, wherever they have gone. I will gather them from every side and bring them into their own land. And I will make them one nation in the land on the mountains of Israel, One king shall be king over them all. They shall no longer be two nations, nor shall they ever be divided into two kingdoms again. This is looking ahead to the kingdom age when Jesus Christ returns to the earth. He sets up his kingdom here on the earth and Israel will be restored as one nation again under the reign of Jesus Christ, the king of kings. And so again, verse six, I will strengthen the house of Judah That's part of the southern kingdom. I will save the house of Joseph. That's the northern kingdom. I will bring them back. Underline that in your Bible. I will bring them back. Because I have mercy on them. They shall be, look at this. They shall be as though I had not cast them aside. For I am the Lord their God and I will hear them. It shall be as though God never cast them aside. Wow. How merciful is God? You know, the Bible tells us that when we put our faith in Jesus Christ for salvation, the Bible says we are justified, justified. Romans 3.24, for example, says being justified freely by his grace through the redemption that is in Christ Jesus. Romans 5.1 says, therefore, having been justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. We're justified. Justified is a Bible word. Justified is a theological word. The word justified, listen to this. It means just as if you've never sinned at all. 
just as if you've never sinned at all. When we put our faith in Jesus Christ, our sins are completely removed by his blood. And it's just as if we've never sinned at all, not once in God's sight. And so when God looks at a believer in Jesus Christ, he sees someone with a perfect spotless record. Colossians says that Jesus will one day present us in heaven, holy, blameless, and above reproach in God's sight. How can that be? Justification. We've been justified by the blood of Jesus Christ. And now it's just as if we've never sinned at all. And God treats us as if we've never sinned. Isn't that true? You know, if somebody has done you wrong and has done you wrong multiple times, you might be polite to them, but you're going to be guarded with them and you're going to be careful with them. But with God, he treats us as if we've never done anything wrong, just as if we've never sinned. And when we get to heaven, he's going to say to us, well done, good and faithful servant. But we haven't done well and we haven't been good and we haven't been faithful, but we're justified by the blood of Jesus Christ. And so it's just as if we've never sinned at all because of Jesus. And in the kingdom age, he's telling us here, when Jesus Christ returns to the earth, establishes his kingdom in the kingdom age, God will restore and bless Israel as a nation. It will be as though God never cast them aside. It will be as if they've never rebelled against God and that God never chastened them. They never did anything wrong. Verse seven, those of Ephraim shall be like a mighty man. And their hearts shall rejoice as if with wine. Yes, their children shall see it and be glad. Their hearts shall rejoice. And the Lord Ephraim, again, that's a reference to the northern kingdom. And the kingdom, when Christ returns and he establishes his kingdom on the earth, Israel will rejoice and have their joy in the Lord. Look at what it says It says, yes, their children shall see it and be glad. Their heart shall rejoice in the Lord. Parents, give me your attention for just a moment. A relationship with Jesus Christ is more often caught than taught. Your kids are watching you. Your kids are observing you. And they see your relationship with Jesus. And they see... If you find joy in the Lord or not, your children see where your joy comes from. They see if your joy comes from something else other than Jesus Christ. Your children see and know if Jesus Christ is preeminent in your life or not. They know if you're just going through the motions with God. Or if you're just going to church to appease your spouse. Or if it's kind of a Sunday morning, Thursday night thing, but the rest of the week, there's nothing. When children see that mom and dad love the Lord Jesus Christ and find their joy in him and find their satisfaction in the Lord, they see it and they're glad. And it says the children's hearts will rejoice in the Lord also. Not by what you tell them, but what they see in your relationship. With the Lord. Now look at verse 8. I will whistle for them. Again, this is looking at the kingdom age when Christ returns. I will whistle for them and gather them, for I will redeem them, and they shall increase as they once increase. God, as the shepherd of Israel, 
will whistle for them like a shepherd whistles to call his sheep. Right? John chapter 10, verse 27, Jesus said, my sheep hear my voice and I know them and they follow me. We, we know the voice of our shepherd. We know him when he calls us. We hear him. Now, my family hasn't attended this in a few years, but every May, there is the Sheep and Wool Festival at the Howard County Fairgrounds. And I want to encourage all of you to go check out the Sheep and Wool Festival. In particular, the Sheep Demonstration. Because you'll gain a deeper understanding of of what the Bible says about sheep and shepherds. And it says a lot about sheep and shepherds in the Bible. And not only that, you can buy yarn at the Sheep and Wool Festival. The really good yarn, the premium yarn, right? Not the cheap stuff they have at Hobby Lobby. I don't go for the yarn. But if you go, you watch these sheep demonstrations. You'll hear the shepherds whistle for their sheep or or make a, a particular sound. And their sheep will perk up. They know that sound. They know the whistle of their shepherd. And there, there might be, you know, dozens and dozens of sheep in these big barns. But they recognize the voice of their shepherd. And here, in the kingdom age, we're told that Jesus, the good shepherd, will whistle to call his sheep Israel. And he will regather Israel back into their land. You're listening to Ring of Truth with Pastor Dan Sexton of Calvary Chapel, Ellicott City, Maryland. We'll return to the second half of today's message in a moment. But first, here's a word from Pastor Dan. It's my privilege to share the Word of God with you through our radio ministry, Ring of Truth. Thank you for tuning in each day. Hey, I would love to hear from you. Will you take a moment to email me to tell me how these daily studies have ministered to you? I want to hear your story. You can email me through our website at calvaryec.com. That's calvaryec.com. Thanks, Pastor Dan. Now let's join him again for the conclusion of today's edition of Ring of Truth. Now this promise to regather the lost sheep of the house of Israel is repeated really throughout the Old Testament. I'm just going to read a few verses to you. For example, Isaiah chapter 11, verse 12 The Lord will set up a banner for the nations and will assemble the outcasts of Israel and gather together the dispersed of Judah from the four corners of the earth. Amos chapter 9, verses 14 and 15. I will bring back the captives of my people Israel. They shall build the waste cities and inhabit them. They shall plant vineyards and drink wine from them. They shall also make gardens and eat fruit from them. I will plant them in their land And no longer shall they be pulled up from the land I have given them, says the Lord your God. So that's not talking about their return after the captivity, because they were pulled up from their land after that. Here, God says, I'll bring them back to their land, and they'll never be pulled up from their land again. Jeremiah chapter 23, verse 3. But I will gather the remnant of my flock out of all countries where I have driven them, and bring them back to their folds, and they shall be fruitful and increase. Jeremiah 30, verse 3. For behold, the days are coming, says the Lord, that I will bring back from captivity my people Israel and Judah, says the Lord, and I will cause them to return to the land that I gave to their fathers, and they shall 
possess it. Finally, Ezekiel 34, verses 13 to 15. I will bring them out from the peoples and gather them from the countries and will bring them to their own land. I will feed them on the mountains of Israel and the valleys and in all the inhabited places of the country. I will feed them in good pasture and their fold shall be on the high mountains of Israel. There they shall lie down in a good fold and feed in rich pasture on the mountains of Israel. I will feed my flock and I will make them lie down, says the Lord God. That's just a sampling of verses. There's many, many other verses in the Old Testament that talk about God regathering Israel back into their own land during the kingdom age. Verse 9 says, I will sow them among the peoples around the world, and they shall remember me in far countries. They shall live together with their children, and they shall return. So it's telling us here, this is written 2,500 years ago. This is written 500 years before the time of Christ. That the people of Israel, the Jewish people, will be scattered among the nations all around the world. But there will come a time when God will regather them. In verse 9, he says, and they shall return. He's going to bring them back from all these far countries. And they will come back and return to their own land. And then the Lord will dwell with them. Jesus Christ, their shepherd, will dwell with them as their king. After they've returned. Now, since the 1800s, the late 1800s, Jews have been returning to their homeland of Israel. After 2,000 years of being scattered all over the world and without a homeland, the Jewish people are gathering back to the land of Israel. In 1948, Israel became a nation again. After not existing as a nation for 1,900 years, Israel was reborn, just as the Bible predicted. And all these prophecies about the regathering of the Jewish people in their homeland of Israel They have been fulfilled in part, not entirely, not completely, but in part, the prophecies have begun to be fulfilled in our lifetime. The Jewish people are regathering in their homeland and they will be regathered right right now. They are being regathered in unbelief, just as the prophet Ezekiel prophesied. The gathering has begun in unbelief. But the Jewish people will believe and trust in Jesus Christ as their Messiah. That's just exactly what Ezekiel says. They'll be gathered in unbelief. And then God will breathe his spirit upon them. And they will believe on the Lord Jesus Christ. Now, why do I point that out? I point that out in part because we live in a time like no other time in Bible prophecy. The Old Testament prophets prophesied about the regathering of Israel into their land in the last days, just before Jesus Christ, their shepherd and their king returns to be their king. And we have witnessed the beginning of the fulfillment of those prophecies where Jews from all over the world are returning to Israel, returning to their homeland. It's amazing. It's absolutely amazing. Verse 10. I will also bring them back from the land of Egypt and gather them from Assyria. Those were two of the biggest enemies of Israel. 
I will bring them into the land of Gilead and Lebanon until no more room is found for them. There's so many Jews are going to return back to their homeland. that It'll be crowded with people. I can't remember the number. I think it was in like the late 1800s, maybe like 1880s. There were only 6,700 Jews that lived in the land of Israel. And now there's, there's millions and millions of Jews that live in the land of Israel. You know, just in the last 120 years, they've returned. He shall pass through the sea with affliction and strike the waves of the sea. All the depths of the river shall dry up. Then the pride of Assyria shall be brought down and the scepter of Egypt shall depart. The imagery that Zechariah uses here is very reminiscent of the Exodus story, isn't it? The Jews being delivered out of Egypt and the parting of the Red Sea and the drying up of the Jordan River. God supernaturally bringing the Jews out of Egypt and into their own land. And what is Zechariah saying? God's going to do it again. In the last days, God will supernaturally bring the Jewish people through the tribulation and bring them back into their land where they will dwell with Jesus, their deliverer and their king. So I will strengthen them in the Lord and they shall walk up and down in his land, says the Lord. In the kingdom age, when Christ is reigning, the Jewish people will walk in freedom and security. They'll walk up and down in his name throughout the promised land. Even today, Jews are not free to travel throughout the entire promised land. If you go into the Palestinian territories or the Palestinian controlled territories, when you enter, there are big red signs that say Israelis are forbidden from entering these areas. They're not allowed to go into those areas. But during the kingdom age, the Jewish people will enjoy freedom in their own land under King Jesus, and they'll be able to travel freely throughout the land. Now that brings us to chapter 11, and we'll move through it quickly, I promise. Now chapter 11 seems to be describing the destruction of Israel by the Roman Empire, just after the time of Jesus Christ. The Romans began to campaign in the land of Israel in 66 AD, beginning in the northern part of the country, and it ended at Masada in the south in 73 AD. Jerusalem was destroyed in that campaign in 70 AD. In his commentary on Zechariah, James Montgomery Boyce points out that the destruction of the land of Israel by the Roman army is the only invasion that matches the description of chapter 11. And so this is talking about the Roman invasion in the first century AD. Look at verse one. Open your doors, O Lebanon, that fire may devour your cedars. Wail, O Cyprus, for the cedar has fallen because the mighty trees are ruined. Wail, O oaks of Bashan, for the thick forest has come down. There is the sound of wailing shepherds, for their glory is in ruins. There is the sound of roaring lions, for the pride of the Jordan is in ruins. The destruction of Israel by the Roman army is described here as a wildfire spreading from the north of the country throughout the land from north to south, devouring everything in its path. He asked me how I know and I 
You've been listening to Ring of Truth with Pastor Dan Sexton. Pastor Dan has been teaching through the book of Zechariah, and he has more to share with you next time. If you have any questions or would like to talk to share a prayer request, we'd like to hear from you. You can reach us at 410-491-4592. That number again is 410-491-4592. You can also get in touch with us by visiting our website, Go to calvaryec.com and look under the About tab. Then click on Contact. Maybe you're looking for additional messages from this series. You can find them at calvaryec.com as well, under the Media tab. If you're not connected with a local church, we encourage you to find a church family that will help guide and support you in your faith. And if you're in the area, please join us at Calvary Chapel, Ellicott City in Columbia, Maryland. For more details, visit calvaryec.com. If you'd like to submit a prayer request of something that's been on your heart, you can do that on our website as well. Just look under the Prayer tab at calvaryec.com. Our website is a great place to find out what we believe and to get to know Pastor Dan a little more. Feel free to explore and learn at calvaryec.com. In our next edition, you'll have the opportunity to gain some additional insights from this Old Testament book of Zechariah. So be sure to join us again right here on Ring of Truth. I see the signs and I recognize the hands that craft and am what I know because I know His voice and it only takes General Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.